All right. Well, then we could do an awkward intro. Awkward. Man. Hey, missed you guys. It's been a little while. Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta squeeze it in every now and then. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, I've been... um, uh, you know, spinning in absurdity somewhere between heaven and hell for a couple of weeks. And it's like life hasn't had much structure and the taking a week off the podcast makes me like lose all sense of reality and time. So, you know, it's weird how it's, it's weird how I feel that sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I, I, ha- I hate the monotony of the day to day, but I hate not being in it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. It's like try- having a week to pick a few movies that I just want to watch rather than the ones I'm supposed to watch. I'm like, it feels wrong almost. Yeah, I just and had it, a three. I just had a three day weekend. I was trying to cram in everything, and then I <laughs> woke up today and I was like, oh shit, I haven't watched either of the movies for the podcast. Whoops. Can I? Yeah. Can I admit something to you guys? Yeah. I, I have the same troubles now than I did when I had to be an English cat class and throughout all of school, where it's like, you tell me I have to watch a movie, I'm going to push that mother fact back to the last minute and watch literally everything else but what I'm supposed to watch. Like, yeah. I had all the time in the world to watch the movie we're talking about today, yesterday, and the day before, and I watched a whole bunch of other fucking movies. <laughs> and I don't even watch movies that much anymore. I just yeah. I had just completely, like, spaced on it because I was so busy trying to get in all the all the films that I could that are nominated for Globes and Critics' Choice right now. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and by the time this comes out, we'll have the SAG nominations, and then Ooh, we'll be yeah. waiting. Then we'll be waiting for the BAFTAs. Oh God, it's <laughs> brutal. It's that time of the year. Yeah. Speaking of brutal, though, I saw something happen today. You know, I guess it'll be a little bit later news by the time this comes out. But right, Netflix uh, canceled the uh, show eighteen ninety nine, which was apparently really good and popular after one season and it seems to become like a punchline or a joke almost that i see on social media a lot about netflix canceling shows after one season and yep. mm-hmm. it's why i don't watch netflix shows anymore i can't yeah, it, it, I, I, yeah. I you get invested and no matter how good they are like <laughs> the witcher is one i'm surprised that they are even going to make the season with uh Oh, who are they having? It's uh, Hemsworth. Is a Hemsworth? Uh, yeah, Liam, Liam, I think. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, blood origin isn't very good. I've heard that. I've I've heard that mostly. I've heard a couple people say that's bullshit. It's good, but I yeah. I have zero care. Yeah, I just I can't I cannot get invested in a Netflix show because it's just gonna go away. Yeah, maybe I'm. Oh, go on. I was gonna say maybe I'm part of the party responsible. I see all these shows that look good. I just you know. There's constant complaint that I don't have time, but they're like, I put them on a list. Yeah. (laughs) I put them on a list, but then if there's only a season and there's a cliffhanger or something, why am I going to watch it then? I'm, I'm behind on the shows that I actively watch. Yeah. Like that, not new ones that I just picked up, but ones that I enjoy. I'm so behind on them. The only one I'm caught up on right now is ghosts on NB or CBS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only show that I'm caught up on right now. I'm, this is why I just don't watch new shows anymore. It's because yeah. I don't know when they're going to stop and I don't have the fucking time. Yeah. And I think the the only new show that I've actually watched, and it was a Netflix show, is Sandman. 
Yeah. But I was not going to not watch that. Like I, I still need to good. watch that. But I, I was I'm I was still I'm still expecting it to get canceled. I know the second <laughs> yeah, no. season they greenlit, but and what's weird is they didn't like they didn't even know uh just say it's getting a second season. Like they keep randomly dropping new episodes for the first one. <laughs> so it's like, really? all right. Uh well I know they did like two episodes after the season ended that are kind of like random, like almost like, you know, how Sandman was. It's just random episodes. Like the cat episode is so fucking good. Yeah. I only ever watched the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, which was a show I was very excited for because yeah. like a week after it got released, it got canceled. And I was like, okay, <laughs> guess, guess I'm only watching that one episode. That's because geeks are the fucking worst. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, I'm looking at this article that Jonathan found about um, why Netflix does it. Uh, clarifying that the top 10 is a useful tool for people to find shows, discover shows and talk about shows, but does not factor in decisions at the boardroom level. That seems ridiculous that you have that top 10 is clearly up there. If people are watching it, why are you going to cancel it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they just knew that, you know, I would 100% if Sandman was the only show that they had, I would absolutely use my friend's password for the week to watch Sam <laughs> that week and pump those numbers. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I need to jump on that show before the second season comes out. But other than that, like it's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah. It's the only show I've watched new recently in a while. So it's like, yep. got to wait for a show to get to three or four seasons and have a natural ending before I can yeah. decide to invest any time in it. And that's, and, and that's also another thing for me is I, I enjoy binging shows. And if I get to a point where it's like it stopped and there's no end, I get a little annoyed. So now it's yeah. just watching shows that are done. I was I was tooling around on Paramount Plus the other day, and I watched the first episode of The Offer, the offer. which was a oh weird, the show about the making of the Godfather, Godfather yeah, uh, which was a weird first episode. And I'm interested to watch the rest of it, but we'll see if I get the time or yeah. inclination to go back on Paramount Plus to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to watch that new 1923 show with Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I just watch a shit ton of Star Trek now. That's all I need. Yep. Just keep watching Star Treks. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. Well, do you guys want to talk about a movie? Yeah, let's talk about a movie. Let's. Beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. We're your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar First Podcast, where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong. If they went wrong, what film are we watching this week, Zach? This week we're watching Ratatouille, which is a reminder that passion and talent are key, but brilliant artists can come from anywhere. Excellent, excellent. This is everybody's first time seeing Ratatouille. Not at all. Not at all either. No for me as well. Does anybody remember the first time they saw Ratatouille? Not at all. <laughs> Very exciting story per usual. I saw this one in theaters, but nothing wacky happened. Just went and saw a nice movie. Yeah, I think I 
I think I rented it on DVD on the lead up to uh, these Oscars. Mm-hmm. How exciting nice. for me. Fair enough. But, but speaking of these Oscars, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break All right. 80th Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And Ratatouille wins Best Animated Feature, giving Brad Bird his second Academy Award. Uh, it beats out Persepolis and Surf's Up. Mm. Still at three. Yeah. Uh, outside of the category, uh, Ratatouille is the only one of the three that gets nominated for any Academy Award, any other Academy Awards. And it gets nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which it loses to Juno, giving Diablo Cody an Academy Award. Uh, and Brad Bird, Jan Pinkova, and Jim Capo... Capo Bianco. Kappa Kappa Bianco. There Sounds like a meal. Or at least a restaurant. Yes. Uh, are, okay, so anyway, there in the category, it gets nominated for Best Original Score, giving Michael Giacchino an Academy Award nomination, losing to Atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets nominated for Best Sound Editing, Randy Tom and Michael Silvers in the category, nice. losing to The Born Ultimatum, my favorite Born movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it Gets nominated for Best Sound Mixing, giving Randy Tom, Michael Semanic, and Doc Kane Academy Award nominations, also losing to The Bourne Ultimatum. And that's our Oscar breakdown. Fair number of nominations for this flick. Yeah, five. Five for uh, an animated film is about the best we've gotten so far, so. Mm -hmm. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. This movie. So the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was kind of meh. Hmm. Hmm. After watching it again today, it was better than meh. Better than meh. In fact, I'd say it was a pretty decent amount better than meh. Mm, I must decent. have had a bad day. Um, I really <laughs> like this movie. Yeah, you must have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm, cute. Held my kids' attention. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I no. mean, for 20 minutes, but I mean, that's like <laughs> 10 minutes more than anything. Right. right. Yeah. I, I super love this film. Me too. I do, and I won't hide away from saying that straight away. I um, it's it's a movie that uh, I don't watch it as much as maybe some others, and I'll get into that later. But it's it's a feel good kind of put on the background, and I've had a time or two where I'm like, hey, let's watch Ratatouille and cook dinner because it's like you feel like you want to do that when you're watching this movie. It inspires you, and um. To want to get creative. I actually I mean, have one bad memory with this. I'll let you speak first and then I'll. I was just going to say, I made ham sliders and we watched this oh, over dinner. So oh, I nice. love ham sliders. I have one um, somewhat, it's a bittersweet memory because one of the times we uh, made dinner and watched this movie, the next day I got laid off from the job I had at the time um, unexpectedly. So sometimes I see this come up in my Facebook memories and it's like, <laughs> Oop. Next day I got laid off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Look how happy we were making food. But mm-hmm. everything turns out for the best in this case anyway. Yeah. 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 I think hey. uh Pixar continues with brilliant uh voice acting. The casting oh, yeah. is impeccable. Yeah, and I mean it was it was a huge shock to see Pat Oswald do a children's film at this time. Now he's yeah. done like 76 of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was the, the catalyst and it's like, it worked so well. Um, 
You know what? I didn't realize until this week. I I never realized Skinner was voiced by Ian Holm. I just hadn't looked at that, and that, oh. <laughs> that blew my mind. I was like, I, I listening closely, I can hear it now. But I mean, he's putting mm. on that accent, and I didn't catch it. Yeah, and Peter O'Toole as Anton Ego. What a yeah. what yeah. a performance! That's awesome. <laughs> Will Arnett's the the sous chef. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a man of many words, but he gets his point across. I um I also seen this week. They have it, I'm sure, for everything in YouTube, but it's like they cut somebody, people take the time to cut all the scenes of just like one particular character and there's one of just like Horst and it's like um a minute and a half of the movie and it's just like every scene that's in him, every frame that has him. And they even took the time to edit out a single frame when he walks behind Linguini. It's like, who takes the time to edit out that single frame where you can't see him? <sighs> Man. I did not wild. know Janine Garofalo was Colette. I know she yeah. does. She doesn't sound like Janine Garofalo. Yes. Yeah. Like, like normally you you pay Janine Garofalo to be Janine Garofalo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, essentially, this is French Janine Garofalo, but she, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of talent that you just did not right? realize, like <clears throat> Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Brian Dennehy. Yeah. What a legend. And, um, you know, it's another one of those, I know Brad Bird wasn't fully responsible for the story. He came in and did work on an existing story and took over for the directing. But another one that you look at on paper and it's like absurd, a rat can control a guy by pulling his hair and to become a a famous and talented chef. It's like, what, where does that come from? But I mean, it's definitely the fact that you know, rat in the kitchen is a, is a term. Yeah. yeah. And somebody heard that term and went, what if? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's just so many colors and it almost feel like you can smell what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like visually it's, but it's, it's got so many lessons about humility and friendship and loyalty and things going on too. It, it's, it's awesome. And one of the things, too, that I think it's kind of funny, you know, Disney and Pixar are putting out a film like this that kind of criticizes commercialism with, you know, the whole Chef Boyardee uh, kind of spin on Gusto. Mm. It's like, hmm, are we are we looking in the mirror a little bit? But no. Right. Yeah. And I like I like a certain read of this can be queer coded too. that. Remy yeah. is hiding himself from everyone, from his true, his true love. And uh, uh, he's uh, unable to express it to the people he loves the most. But once he falls in with the crowd that, that understands his passion, or at least the one person mm-hmm. that he's able to be open with himself, then it's easier for him to be open with everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, they take that moment to go around, introduce all the characters and all everybody in the kitchen who, comes from a a different type of background. Yeah. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Um and it's just another beautiful film to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like that it doesn't stray from a lot of from a lot of like real world shit too because Colette has the one scene where she talks about like patriarchal society keeping women out of the kitchen. Right. Like it, this is not this is a film that's not afraid to actually say things. Right. Know? And not not even just like with its themes, but out loud. Right. Yeah. 
Like it, Bradford's doing so much good work on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Also yeah. adding toward to uh, Parasyndrome, which if you don't know what Parasyndrome is, it's fucking hilarious. No, please do explain. Thank you. Um, basically people go to Paris and are so disappointed by how fucking boring Paris is oh. that they actually get sick when oh, they go to Paris. <laughs> like wow. it's a legitimate thing. And it's because it's so glorified of being like one of the most beautiful places on earth with the best food and that Eiffel tower. And then you go there and you realize that, it, that the Eiffel tower isn't that fucking big. And that's all that's fucking there. And the rest of it is just filled with French people. And people literally get sick by going to Paris because they are that disappointed. Hmm. So. It must not have walked around at midnight, I guess. No, it's it's just all of it. Apparently, Paris is just kind of sucks. I I have to imagine that, you know, Paris is just another city. Yeah. And, and while it probably has its charms for the right people, like some fresh off the street podunk pedestrian that walks into Paris isn't going to find those joys in it if they're not looking in the right places. I, sure. Yeah. I, I'm i one of those people that I don't like to just go to a place just to see it. Mm. I, get, I get nothing out of that. Take me to the Grand Canyon. And I'm going to be like, hey, look, it's a big hole. Yeah. Look, I mean, the Grand what, Canyon, what do I do? Though. Sure. I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm absolutely positive it is. That'll physically affect you, though. Talk about Paris syndrome. The Grand Canyon has like a I don't know if it's an electrical field or something, but when I went there, you feel different looking at it. I think that's the big thing that gets you. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah that's I just I need interactivity. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why when me and Leanne go places, we do everything. Yeah, right. we're just like let's chalk our whole fucking day full of ridiculous stuff, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna talk to people. And we're gonna have a fun time. Like yeah. we're not we're not just going to stare at things. Right. See, it's funny because my wife is very much a stare at things kind of person. <laughs> so it's it's like going to Bush Gardens with her. Is she wants to go and see all of the cool stuff, and I'm just like, I want to ride the rides. Yeah, because that's that's kind of what it is. It's a it's a ride place. Yeah, yeah. I want to see cool stuff, but yeah. I, I but I want to see it and then go, cool, I saw it. Yeah, it's like yeah, I've let's been do here. this. Yeah. I've been here now. Is there is there something interactive that I could learn from this, or am I just looking yeah. at it? Like we, like, so, we give me a fucking button and I'm happy. Yeah, like, we, seriously, that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> not that not that it's the same thing as the Eiffel Tower, but we went and saw the Ghostbusters firehouse. Yeah, and we walked by it. We were like, "Hey, that's really cool. Let's take some pictures." And we tried to buy a T-shirt, but they were busy washing the truck. Because <laughs> because the firemen run the gift shop there, and nobody seemed interested in running it. So yeah. we were like, "All right, moving on." Then <laughs> we were we were there maybe like eight minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. five of that was just standing in line waiting for someone to standing by the uh, the merch stand waiting for someone to go. Oh, you guys, you guys want to buy something? <laughs> <laughs> and like four people just looked at us like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right. that makes me think of uh, Frances Ha. Oh, I love Frances Ha. She like Jeff. flew flew to Paris, but she wasn't feeling it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. This this film definitely does a lot of glamorizing, glorifying mm-hmm. Paris as much as possible. Yep. Yeah, which I do want to go someday. Which again, if you go back and watch it with the thought of it, the only thing that's cool that's shown is the fucking Eiffel Tower. That is all that there is. Like every shot, there's like, look at that. Or look at that background is of the fucking Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. 
that's it. I will say though, every angle for some strange reason at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> the the way the movie ends, um, it's another thing that Pixar is good at doing, and we see in um, some future movies. I won't name any names yet, uh, but they're always good at kind of shaking up the expectation, like. You know, it's not a sad ending, but it's yeah. not it's not the the ending you might anticipate from a quote unquote children. It's not necessarily have to I, be a children's film, but an animated film. But I enjoyed the shit out of the ending where they're just like you think, all right, the they made the critic happy. They still shut the fucking place down because of course they did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that they too. had to get out. <laughs> we had to let them go. <laughs> right. <laughs> But then, you know, they make this cute little bistro and yeah. and and then that's like maybe that's the Paris, you know, that people are supposed to see when they go there. Don't go there and just look at the the art and the um the clothes and the window or whatever. Get into the places where the real people are making the the real authentic food and yeah, see see some art, but maybe see a live show or something, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That that's kinda of what I take away from the ending a little bit too. Right. Fair enough. And also, let me point out that I will never in my life understand fine dining. I don't want to pay 50 bucks for literally a tenth of what I would get <laughs> if I were to go to, like, McDonald's. It's it's not fair. It, uh, it doesn't make sense. Well, I, I know, uh, <laughs> not to insult your palate or anything, but I know you... You kind of... Oh, like a gutter palate, dude. <laughs> I, if, if I can't put ketchup on it, then it's no good. I went to... Um, on our honeymoon, we went to Universal, and I went to Emeralds. Bam, you know, bam. And the you know the portions were smaller, but God, the food was so rich and delicious. I I, I understand why it costs so much. It still pissed me off to be such a small amount. But um, <laughs> Caitlin yeah. sent back a a piece of chicken that she didn't like so much, and like five people came out and they're like, Oh my God, we've insulted Emerald's legacy. What's wrong with it? And she's just like, Oh, it's, it's, I just, it's wasn't you. It's just, I don't like it. And they were like whispering. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like I, I am the pickiest eater in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I promise you, you will not find somebody pickier than me. And I can't go to those kinds of places. Cause I know if I don't like it, I just know I won't like it most likely. Yeah. And what do I do in that situation? Because sure, I'm I'm sure somebody somewhere is saying that this is like the the most excellent tasting thing ever. Where I'm just gonna like I, just, I don't like fucking gravy. Like, <laughs> what do they do? I hated like, some of the most you... delicious places in America on my honeymoon. Yeah, mm. we'll go over where, that where, sometime. Where did you go again? Uh, where didn't we go? Um, oh, that's fair. like that's the southern tour went. kind of thing. Oh, I mean, it, I you mean, guys hit up New York too, didn't you? Not, not for a honeymoon. That was our oh. anniversary this year. Oh, that's uh, no. We we started in Chicago. We went in to New Orleans eventually. We we ended up in New Orleans. We hmm. we started in Chicago. We went to Louisville. Hmm. We went to Memphis. We went to Nashville. We went to New Orleans. We went to Charlotte. Hmm. It's yes. yeah. yum. On that note, I don't have a whole lot more else to say. There's a lot of beautiful food. A lot of uh, nicely animated cooking scenarios. The the humor is sharp. Voice acting, like we said, is great. Yeah. I love whenever Linguini guffaws, like that real French laugh comes out, which you don't really expect. Um, right. It's uh, lovely. Well, before we move on too much, I'm, I'm going to try to remember to do this every time at this point. Okay. Oh. How, okay. Are, how are we grading the use of John Ratzenberger in this film? Okay. He was the waiter. 
Oh, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay, yeah. he spent the entire fucking time going, who was he? <laughs> so That's right. Which which I think says is a bad use of John Ratzenberger. Yes, a because you need him to be John Ratzenberger, right? I, I could only hear it once or twice when he got like they asked what's new. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Oh, they're asking for the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, there's John Ransomberger. Yeah. Mm. No, I just give me Cliff with a French accent and I would have been happy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a C, maybe a C use. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's I think he's employed all right, but I would have preferred him to be one of the characters in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I would have I would have liked to have known instead of us going, like you said. Who was he again? Right. No. Or he yep. or he could have been um Gaston. I'm trying to remember who Gaston was. Not Gaston. Gusto. Gusto. Okay. Did I put it in yeah. on there? I, I was <laughs> yeah, you to said Gaston. Gaston. <laughs> yeah, he was because yeah. that was uh, Brad Garrett who played uh, Gusto. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that definitely could have been John Ratzenberger, especially when they do that fucking that tiny little scene where they have the cardboard cutouts doing all the different accents. I think mm. that would have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That was a that was a fail. All right. Yeah. Well, any other notes, gentlemen? Um, not particularly. I do like that this film really puts to bed a lot of that uh, Brad Bird is an objectivist bullshit. Sorry, what? Enlighten me on that. Yeah. Oh, did we not talk about this during Incredibles? Maybe, maybe I meant to bring it up. So a lot of I people, didn't. because of the Incredibles, feel like uh, came up with this theory that Brad Bird is really into objectivism. Which is that Ayn Rand philosophy that, you know, just some people are better than others. Kind of like eugenics bullshit. Oh, yeah, it's a real thing that people like come up with, and and you know, uh, all all people should be islands and only depend on the like defend themselves. And wow, like yeah, and it's a really weird theory, and I I feel like this film really puts puts that to bed, and I, I don't know how it continues to be a theory. Yeah, I'm, just because um, he did a superhero film, and I don't I don't recall seeing that in Iron Giant very much. But anyway, no, no. <laughs> I I feel like Brad Bird's Brad Bird's really into artists make art. Yeah, mm. like you, especially like this film's like people people can cook, but you're not going to be great at it. Yeah. But a great a great cook can can come from anywhere. Literally, can be a rat. Yeah, and and I feel like that's kind of the point of a lot of Brad Bird's work is, hey, um, when when an artist is great, they need to be recognized for it, and great great art can come from anyone it's mm. it's not nobody is like made great you could just be great yeah mm. and i yep. and i really love the closing um speech from um anton uh, yeah i think i i post it just like as a facebook uh post every couple of years because i mean not that you know i'd love to call myself a quote-unquote critic and you know we have some hits every once in a while in places online, but, you know, standing up for the new and, and the unrecognized and getting out there and introducing somebody to something that you love because you think it's great. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what the point of criticism should be. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can say shit is bad or, or say, Hey, see this thing that everybody else is already. Yeah. Talking I, about. Like I, I, I don't make a lot of my online criticism very eloquent. I try to save that for here. Um, but yeah, exactly. And anybody could do what I do on Letterbox. It's it's nothing. Fair enough. Well, you got your lists, and they got special orders. They do. I hope you talk about my favorite 
uh, recent letterbox crit, uh, review that you put up. Oh, is it the one I was going to save for tomorrow night? Oh, is it? I, I was going to save. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll uh, do it here. All right. <laughs> you can maybe bring it up again with Trav. Is that why you were holding on to it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then it is that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Zach, uh, does this movie deserve best animated feature? Does this movie deserve? So I watched Persepolis for the first time. Oh, that movie is a freaking masterpiece. It's I felt fun. Yeah, it's. I felt like I learned so much watching it about Iranian culture and that time in the eighties and nineties, and the animation is very kind of simple in ways, but then. There's moments where it's just the story is so dark and the animation kind of rises to the moment and the facial animation so simple, but even something like showing a smile, an insincere smile versus a real smile just by the way the line is drawn. It's incredible. Great film. Um, Surf's Up is also really good. I, I like that movie a lot and it's fun and i Watch it plenty of times. It's just not quite on the level, I think, of Persepolis or Ratatouille. I'd probably, if somebody said either one of these were better than the other, I wouldn't you know, fault them. They're both great in their own way. Um, and I think either one of them, Persepolis or this, deserved. But yeah, Ratatouille deserved. I'm perfectly fine with it winning. All right. I did not watch Persepolis <laughs> or <laughs> Surf's Up. Uh, no, Persepolis is one I knew I'd have to kind of really pay attention to. And this has been a weekend of yeah, watching Banshees of Inisherin and not needing <laughs> to uh, go deep on fucking anything for the right. rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's subtitled, so. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So that and, would it's, be... <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Surf's Up, I, I probably could have watched that. Actually, you know what? I couldn't because it wasn't streaming on anything. It was on Hulu. I looked on Decider and it wasn't, but I guess I didn't look on Hulu or the list that we have that tells us those things. Uh, it it there's a chance it was taken. If you tried to watch it in the last two days, it might have been taken off. You know what? Mm. Give me a second here, just to be that guy. Okay, I have to look <laughs> so I can say that's why I didn't watch it. Yeah, it is not no longer on Hulu. Damn. Yeah, then, then they took it off like yesterday or the day before because that that we did watch it on Hulu like a week and a half ago. Ah. Uh, well, new year, so new that's shit. That's why I didn't watch it. It wasn't because I was avoiding it or anything at all. It's because it wasn't available. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that said, um, does this movie deserve best animated feature? Yes. I think the Simpsons movie probably should have been fucking nominated. Oh, yes. Um, mm. If not, maybe one. <laughs> uh, I think the Simpsons movie was a great fucking film. Uh, I liked Beowulf. And if people didn't like Beowulf, that's cool. But I think it should have been nominated as well. Oh, I forgot about Beowulf. Yeah. Uh yeah, it Beowulf unfortunately is the victim of being a mocap film and the yeah. Oscars having stupid rules. That's fair. Um yeah. And then another year of just like a lot of meh. I mean Shrek the third there, came out, didn't it? Th- it did. Um Boo. and there's a lot of stuff that's direct video that I feel like I really wish they would have done the theatrical like Bender's big score. <laughs> is probably the best of Futurama. Wow. That is a really good good film. It is. 
Um, so it's just I I get it, but I just feel like it deserves something, and I don't think it got like a <laughs> Emmy or anything like that. So yeah, but yeah, it, it was straight to DVD. So I don't yeah. I don't know where it would have gotten nominations, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. And then like TMNT came out that year too, and that of a film. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to use up all of Paul's, but yeah. With that said, though, I mean, yeah, Brett Dewey deserved its win, hundred percent. Okay, uh, Paul. All right, I'll rank the other two. I guess. <laughs> got uh, got one more week of this. All right, so uh, and then we go back to it for one more week. Uh, Surf's up is going to be my second place of the other two. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a cute movie. Uh, I watched it for this and for the fact that I still need to watch Surf's Up 2 Wave Mania, which is a straight-to-DVD sequel produced by the WWE. Oh, wow. Starring, okay. <laughs> starring The Undertaker as a penguin <laughs> and John Cena as a penguin. So, <laughs> and I think Vince McMahon's like an otter or some shit. Like, wow. it's fucking weird. Fuck. Looking. I, I have not really seen that one. I want to watch it so bad. Uh, and then uh, my number one of the other two is Persepolis. It, I didn't watch it this, this past two weeks. I really meant to. And uh, like I said, I watched Surf's Up like a week and a half ago and then kind of thought, oh, I have all the other time in the world to watch the other two and then blanked on them. Uh, Persepolis, I have seen. Uh, I did see back in 2007. I think it is a brilliant film. It is. It's gorgeous is beautifully animated uh and if it won i would have been just fine and uh most at this is about the time where i start rooting for things that aren't disney right so anytime something like persepolis is in the category i'm like please please give it to that right yeah. um that being said ratatouille is kind of a masterpiece it's amazing mm -hmm. i love this film yeah. a lot and uh it's beautiful and uh i think it deserved the award uh, but TMNT did come out this year and got kind of trashed by critics, which I don't understand. That film is incredible. It mm. should yep. have been nominated. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, I would have put it in there above Surf's Up. I mean, but there's only three nominations. Why can't we do five? That right. should have been in, should have been in there. Uh, going down the line, Meet the Robinsons is mediocre. I've never seen B movie. You've never seen B movie. I, I have no intention of ever seeing <laughs> the movie, but I do know I like jazz. <laughs> oh, it's wild! It's so uh, funky. Isn't it just basically a meme at this point? Like it, it really was that much. bad, but it's oh, just a meme. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it's weird because it's Jerry Seinfeld, and there's like B romance. But anyway, uh, Shrek the Third is a huge step back from Shrek Two, which is yeah. an incredible. I film. liked Shrek the Third. Eh. Good for you. Uh, apparently, I liked it better than Two. <gasps> Mm. Hot take. Appar apparently, there is a mockbuster uh, with a donkey that looks like Donkey uh, being written by someone who looks like uh, Don Quixote, and the movie is called Don Quixote. <laughs> nice. That's uh, really interesting. Uh, Simpsons movie, I think, could have been nominated. I'd still give it to Ratatouille above it. Mm. Uh, the film, I would probably give the Academy Award to that did go to theaters, and I saw it there twice. That came out in 2007. It is a true masterpiece of a film. Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for yes. theaters. <laughs> Don't talk. Watch. Yeah. 
<laughs> what a start fear. a movie with Mastodon. And when the last line of your movie is, yes, Frylock, I'm your mother, and I'm a five-layer bean burrito, you have a masterpiece on your fucking hands. <laughs> it's, it, the film is incredible. Um, let's not forget the, uh, the straight-to-video masterpiece that should have gotten uh, a theatrical release and resident cartoon expert Caitlin McCoy would be very thrilled to watch Tom and Jerry and Nutcracker Tale. You know, there is a Tom and Jerry in here every year. There is a, a Land Before Time and a Tom and Jerry on this list every fucking year. Every fucking year. <sighs> Industry pollution. <laughs> anyway, this film rules. It definitely deserved it. I, it's this or Persepolis for me, honestly. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, is this the worst best animated feature? It is not. I currently have it ranked at number three. Um, I think, you know, as a film, it might be just as good as The Incredibles, but I like The Incredibles a little more and it's more rewatchable. So Spirit Away, Incredibles, and then Ratatouille for me. All right. Well, I feel like this is where we are going to start dividing a little bit. Okay. Uh, No, it is not the worst. I have it at number four. I okay. think Wallace and Gromit is a little bit better than this movie. Um, so I have it between, uh, I have it higher than Finding Nemo and yeah, below Wallace and Gromit. There you go. Paul. All right. I'm going to get real controversial here. I also have it at number three. Wow. Mm. Uh, wow. wow. I mean, to be fair, I've already started dividing us oh, a few sure. times on, on this podcast. I have the Incredibles at number one. I right. know you both have Spirited Away at number one. I have Happy Feet at number six and you both have it on the bottom. But now I got Ratatouille firmly at three. Uh, yeah, uh, it's great. This is such a good film. Fair enough. Yeah, man. All right. Well, I think that is where we're going to call it here, gents. I thank you for listening to us. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me at the Twitter, Twitch, and the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc. Letterbox by searching for my name, and I actually watched a few movies over the break that I hadn't seen before. Some Ooh, run the them down. Uh, when I say that now, some were for the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I watched a ghost story finally, and I oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on there, which is fine. It's only an hour and a half, and it, it probably could have been a 30-minute short film. But I don't mind the hour and a half because the soundtrack is really good. And I enjoyed that. It was a good little picture. Wow. Lowry's he's a good director. Yeah. Um, I watched Persepolis and I watched the movie we're talking about tomorrow night. And then I watched White Noise, which I still don't know how I feel about. <laughs> I, 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 li- I think, like I told you in the chat, I liked it, but I was disappointed because I didn't know what to expect with with it. And now I'll make a comment that'll probably make Paul roll his eyes. But it felt like the neurotic Ooh, cousin, the neurotic cousin of uh, Don't Look Up. Is how <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah. That's that's where I am. And I, uh, Paul, God, I just saw the review, like the review score on Google for that movie for White Noise. Yeah, is one point nine. Ooh, it's not that bad. That's for people who just <laughs> don't get it, I guess. But the the dialogue is kind of hard to get into if you're if you're not if you're just jumping into a movie not knowing what to what expect. What the fuck is this movie? I've honestly, I, I will say, I've never heard of it. Then I'm looking at the cast and going, Greta Gerwig, Adam Driver, Andre 3000. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Good what cast the fuck? <laughs> Paul can say a little bit about it if he wants. It's, you know, Noah Baumbach. Or Baumbach. Baumbach. 
Paperback ribs. Yeah. Barbecue sauce. I saw the the Netflix put a, a little basically it's the closing scene of the credits to an awesome song and I was like, oh, I want to watch that. And then the movie is nothing like that until you get to that scene. So that was a little mm. anyway. Paul! All right. Um, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok uh, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark related content. We're going to get back to recording Oot. by the time by the time hey. this comes out by the time this comes out we'll have we'll hopefully have restarted our recording stuff nice. uh you can follow me at father of the fear on the platforms of twitter and letterbox where i keep a running tally of all the films i watch here we'll do it we'll do a quick rundown and i'll try to save save some stuff for tomorrow night so here's here's the new 2022 potential oscar films that i have watched in the past two weeks it's not a, it's not a ton of them Okay. Or at least are nominated for Globes and Critics' Choice Awards, too. The Whale sucks. It's a terrible film. Don't Oof. see it. Um, all the performances are really good in it, and they are all really good in a very empty film that is very mean. Uh, all right. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is the very opposite. It is gorgeous, and Guillermo del Toro is uh, kind of a master. Yay! Uh, we'll probably be talking about that real soon so that's all i'm really gonna say on it nice. uh i watched the apple tv film causeway which has been picking up some uh best supporting actor nominations for uh brian tyree henry that's interesting it's an interesting film i'm um, it's pretty mundane but the performances are great hmm. uh it's nice to see um uh jennifer lawrence actually play a human being again nice hmm. Uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. What a cute film. I loved it so much. <laughs> Does it, it give you Paris syndrome? Uh, not so much. Okay. Honestly, honestly, like she's so like tunnel vision focused on, uh, what she's doing that, uh, you don't see much of Paris. Oh, good. Uh, she said, which I thought was really good. Mm. Uh, I rewatched Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. I just want to bring it up again. That film rules. <laughs> we may we may be talking about that soon. Nice. Uh, a movie I wish we would be talking about a whole lot more that should be picking up some at least below the line stuff. Roll Dolls Matilda the Musical on Netflix. I awesome. need to watch that. Awesome as fuck. Holy shit, it's so good. <laughs> uh, we watched the Critics' Choice nominated Catherine called Birdie. Real cute. Um, the one that Jonathan wants me to bring up, Avatar or The Way of Water. Yeah, this film, this movie could have been an email. <laughs> this is my favorite review ever. <laughs> uh, I also watched White Noise. It's good. It's a good movie. I, I absolutely agree with you, Zach. It is uh, Don't Look Up's neurotic cousin. But that neuroses bumps it up because it's not cloying. Some of the dialogue early on is a little stilted and weird in a way that I didn't love but once the film like really gets into gear it really gets yeah. into gear the one it was really interesting like <laughs> it was almost like watching an Alvy Singer movie uh jammed into a Spielberg movie and i i thought that was really odd the grossest thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> sorry they gave they gave Baumbach like a 100 million dollars to make this fucking movie <laughs> and he spent it all on the cloud 
one of the one of my favorite things I read was someone was like, "This is a hundred billion dollar mumblecore film." It's like, God damn it, that's not the best thing. That's what I put I'm going to have to plagiarize that review. Yeah, it's it's incredible. All right, uh, I got I got three more that uh, power through real quick. Yes, uh, watch one of my top ten favorite films of the year, Decision to Leave. I started that last night. Woo! Whoa, Zach! Oh, please I'm, message yeah. me even if I'm asleep. Please message me the moment you hit the <laughs> ending of that film because it is unending. I'm very um, excited. Uh, Babylon, a film that I think is two different movies and they don't really gel together. There, it's it's fine. Uh, when I like it, I really like it. When I don't like it, it's completely ripping off other films. Yep, like wholesale, just taking lines of dialogue for fucking singing in the rain. I'm not even joking. Huh. Which. But uh, not, I won't, but I, not with a wink and a nod. No, Zach, when when we're done talking, when we're yeah. done with this episode, I'll, I'm going to spoil the ending of Babylon for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then finally today, I went and saw Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which again we'll probably be talking about later. I'll just say that I I think it's the best entry in the Shrek fran- franchise since Shrek Two, and the animation on it is unbelievable. Nice. It. They apparently took a lot of notes from um, Into the Spider-Verse and used a lot of that animation process for this film, and it looks incredible. Nice. Yeah, I saw the trailer, and I was like, it looks a little different, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, the the first action sequence of the film, he's like fighting this this giant that he wakes up on accident, and just the action, the way that they're using the camera in this, it's stellar. Just across the board, everything about this film is wonderful. Mm, also nice. adds like adds like five new five or six new characters to the uh, Shrek uh, universe Pantheon. that nice yeah that are just some of my all time favorites now. Good, very nice. That's what I've been doing. Cool, Zach. Now that I've talked way too much about other movies, what are we watching next week? Well, we're staying firmly in the Pixar lane with Wally, which you can rent on Amazon. Google, I almost said Roblox, Redbox, Voodoo, <laughs> YouTube, or stream on Disney Plus. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you probably watch it on Roblox. They got everything on there. Yeah, why not? All right. So with that, we'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarCPod and on Facebook at the OscarCPod Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Oh, give us the five stars. If you give us less than five, we might die of pain because you'll knock down our five-star rating. <laughs> wonderful so for jonathan zach and uh gusto's oh god what was the the asian food that they were pushing god, it was so funny now i can't think what it was oh uh, i guess we'll go with the kick and chicken gusto's kick and chicken we would like for you all to have a damn fine day